We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com seems not but you know what that's what we're going to talk about here what's up everybody tuesday afternoon so it means it's pga dfs strategy show here at stochastic i'm back i was on vacation i'm still ben raza i'm joined jeff ulrich in the house who better to talk about the 3m open major Mm. season is gone but still plenty of golf we get a real weak field we're going to talk about the british open in a second but how you feel about the 3m open you know, I kind of like this event. I mean, I'm I dead honest. It. Like it's it's fun. I mean, like the the course is is wild. I mean, it's you can get out like we saw. You know, um, when the first year they had it. I mean, Matt Wolf just put in some insane rounds. You know, you get guys like Michael Thompson in the mix, just heating it up with the putter. So I like events where where some some of these guys are live. And I think that this week it's kind of cool because it's not just like we just have like veterans at the top. Like there's there's interesting players like Davis Riley. Everyone's all hot about Goddard up again. Like there's a lot of these players that I'm pretty excited to see. And I think some of these guys are going to like go low. So I'm weirdly excited about this week. Uh, And and I don't mind this setup. It's kind of fun. Like I said, so I think it'll be a good event. I'm actually pretty excited for it too. You know, week after a major, I'm always down to change it up a little bit. And we just had a field with every big name available. And and now we get to see, you know, I I think it's conceivable. I've always been, and we don't need to go down a wormhole at majors. Realistically, barring some outliers, it's a big time player. A guy with wins is going to win majors. You don't just see yeah. some random dude sometimes at the open, but not really here. It's wide. I mean, there's, there are guys that are on my card that we're going to talk about today that <laughs> legitimately haven't done much on the PGA tour. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, right? Like you get, so you get guys like that in the mix. It's just like the stakes are so high for some of these guys too. And we're into FedEx season, which is like bubble season, which is actually, you know, like a tournament in and of itself and, and kind of cool to watch if you follow golf. So, um, yeah, lots going on this week, honestly. And uh, like I said, I mean, some of these guys are pretty exciting. I mean, some of them I think we're kind of high on just like in like to see where they go. But, yeah, I mean, I'm pumped for this week. It should be good weather and, and all this stuff. Like you said, big change from last week, which I really don't mind right now. So, I like it. We're going to get to prize picks, who's powering the show in just a second. But I want to ask you, let's look backwards a second. You, uh, like everyone in the world, Cash to Cam Smith outright, I believe. Good job. He actually helped me a little. I was rooting for Rory, as I always do. It was great. I mean, it, it was enjoyable. But what did what do you think? I don't think there's many takeaways that we can bring to the 3M. But what were your yeah. thoughts on last week? I mean, the, it pretty much played how I thought it was going to play. I think the one yeah. thing that I'd say that, like, you know, St. Andrews without wind, it's just, like, it's a little bit, it's got that, like, tournament of champions vibe where it's, like, the big greens and guys are just, you know, you're sinking putts 
and like 25 under is almost in play. I think that like the, the, I lowered, like if, if St. Andrews had like those extra par fives, when the setup is like the weird par 72, I mean, you probably would see like 25 under, but without the win, that's just the kind of course it was. So real, like it kind of just played how I thought it was going to play. And I said at the start of the last week, like my betting strategy was either like you're, you're piling on a couple guys like Smith and Cantley, or you should just take Rory. So I, I mean, I, from that perspective with the wind, I got lucky and um, you know, it's always nice to see your guys sink like 500 feet of putts, but literally, um, it's just, you know, that's how St. Andrews is going to play without wind. And it's honestly like, to me, it's not really the most exciting tour venue. It's cool to watch and it's cool to see, but like, I don't really, I'll be dead honest. I don't really like it when the open is at St. Andrews. I think it was cool that year in 2015, but they also had like 40 mile an hour winds. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it was okay. It was, uh, it was definitely like a very exciting final round, just the way it's set up because of, of what Cam did, but um, it, it could have also been a dud with like Rory, just like having a four shot lead and just being like a really boring Sunday. So it's set up nice, but I'm not like, you know, if it comes back to St. Andrews, it is what it is. It's just, it's a cool place to see and go, but it's really not the best open championship venue for being serious. Uh, totally with you my man Matthew Fitzpatrick who I basically agree with everything he says at all times he kind of pointed that out that it's He's just sharp too He's yeah sharp. he really is uh it, it's not a course that's playable without wind it, it's a pitch and putt yes yeah. you're kind of beholden to random bounces it becomes a putting contest it was still dramatic I still enjoyed it uh I I forced myself into playing a lot of guys that I wouldn't normally play at opens and that turned out really good Cam yeah. Young Keith Mitchell not that he played well those type of players Hovland guys who who really I think are born scores rather than you know scramblers and that was great I just prefer my open golf to be more of the other type and we didn't yeah. see that this year yeah, give me give me Carnoustie you know yeah. like six under par than this I just I'd prefer that too so 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 would I and last question and then we're going to get into it do you care if your guy played last week in terms of flying back? Do you obviously if he played, he's a pretty good player in this field, or would you rather have your guy been, you know, noodling around the states? I, I would prefer him, you know, as you put it, noodling around the yeah, states. Yeah, noodling. Where, where I forgot <laughs> whatever, this, whatever noodling is, man. I want some of that. Um, was the barracuda? Yeah, yeah, the okay. right barracuding himself. Sure, barracuding, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I would actually prefer that. It's funny because. Like usually I've, I've seen a lack of like, people just don't seem to care. They're like, Oh yeah. Like I'm betting this guy played the open last week. I mean, it's a pretty big jump. Like to, and it's not just, it's not just the, the flying, right? Like, I mean, they played in the open, like it's, it's definitely a little bit tiresome. Some of those guys were over there for two weeks too. Right. So like, it's not just like a hot bin hot back. It's, it's kind of a big thing. I, I do have a preference for the guys who coming in, not necessarily rested, but like, we're, we're kind of in the States last week. I, I think it's at least a slight advantage. I'm not fading everyone who played the open. You can't do that, but it is something I'm, I'm like wary of um, to an extent. We have a limited field just in terms of talent. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like if your guy is there and you really like him, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. These guys are all probably still flying private. Uh, maybe not everyone, but anyways, it's, you know, it's something I'm wary of. I, I like the guys who played last week or, or who maybe even took the week off and then played like the deer as their last start. That's what Cam Champ did last year. You know, like he played the deer and then he came to to, to the 3M and, and shipped it. So I, I kind of like that setup better. I'm with you. I do like that setup a little more. I will say if I'm splitting hairs, I think it's much better that it was an open that was pretty laid back in the sense that they weren't just like it. If it was 
10 over was the cut and it was brutal and the guys were flying back, I think that'd be even worse. That was pretty relaxing golf. Guys were not struggling with the elements by any stretch. So if you were out of it, I don't think you expended a ton. You do have the jet lag and whatnot, but that's about it. So let's dive into it. I want to talk about prize picks. As I always do, they power this show. They do a great job over there. And if you haven't been over there, now is the time to get over. We're going to give you a little money for doing it with the promo code AWESOMO. $100 first match deposit bonus at prizepicks.com. What they're doing, it's daily prop-based contest. You're choosing over and under, and they have categories that are a little different. You can do birdies or better, just traditional strokes. What is a guy going to score or matchups? I like this, Jeff, because when we get to these courses, you can correlate it. So if you're like, this is going to play like a joke, you can yeah. go over on all the birdies or better, and you get yourself a nice 5X win. Yeah, I, I like the I like the categories they have over on prize picks. Birdies are better. You, know, you can do matchups too. Yeah. Um, some some really like funky matchups sometimes you get on prize picks. So look for those. Uh, but yeah, definitely a week, especially with the softer scoring. Like check those birdie numbers. I mean, you, you know, it might be a good week to just hammer the over. So good weather uh, from what I've seen too. Like not not too much wind. So definitely looks like there's gonna be good scoring conditions. So some of those overs. Keep that in mind. I will have a prize picks video out tomorrow. You definitely want to see that. And that's why you want to subscribe to this channel. Hit the like button. That doesn't do anything for you, but it helps us and we appreciate it. But if you subscribe, that helps you out. You won't miss any of the videos that we have dropping. But let's get into it. Tony, 10-5 for Mr. Finau. I really can't complain too much. I needed him to make birdie on Friday on the 36th hole. He did. Now, it should have never been a sweat because he was putting comically bad, and then he rallied Sunday. He actually helped me quite a bit at the Open. I actually want to – normally I say, like, let's talk about the 10K race. I just want to ask you specifically about Tony Finau. He yeah. is a prolific non-winner. Yeah. Do you have apprehension when you see that type of guy leading off the pricing, or do you say it's the 3M, I don't believe in that stuff, and, and Tony Finau's firmly in play? No, I mean, he's got to be in play in this field, right? Like yeah. for DFS. And I think the nice thing about it is, you know, if, if it was like, oh, okay, Tony Finau is like, like everyone's playing Tony Finau and he's at the top, that's something different. Like if he was getting like John Rom treatment at the top, that's a different scenario. But the top three guys, I think what we're what you're going to see is it's just like there, there's so much value and there's so much people like just going to be hunting for those balanced lineups with guys that we're going to get to in a second that the top three players, it's almost going to be contrarian to have just one of them in your lineup. So no, I'm fine with Finau at 10-5, who's just, as long as he's not, you know, trending with 30% ownership, which he really isn't. And I don't think that's going to change. I think it's fine. I think that Finau has actually putted pretty well late. Um, you know, we saw him at like the, the Canadian open, like you said, he rallied on, on the weekend at, at the, at the open didn't start off well, but that, you know, sometimes Fino does that. And that's, that's, Honestly, when you see Fino do that, I think that's when he's almost, you can almost say, okay, like he's playing well because he gets himself in these funks, but if he can get himself out of it, you know, the game is there. So it was actually pretty encouraging to see him do that. I think just from like a setup perspective for this week, but you know, I mean, if obviously we're talking DFS and, and not like betting, I'm not, he's not my pick to win or anything, but because you're going to have to sink up like a million feet of putts and it's just not, he's a good putter, but he's not like the best putter. And um, I think for DFS, so it's fine. Like I said, you, he's setting up as the contrarian move to, to start with one of these guys, and that's what we like. So it, it's an interesting little range because when you look at just, in my opinion, the best players long term in this field, I mean, you got Finau, you got Decky, and you've got Sanjay, and then you've got a bunch of other guys who are up and comers, talented players, but like 
those three who played, of course, in the open and didn't play particularly well lead us off, and they're the north of 10. Do you look to double up with two of them? Do you say these guys don't care about the 3M? I assume if Decky's playing, he's not going to live. Obviously, that's a weird situation in itself. What do you do with the quote-unquote big three? I mean, doubling up is really interesting. Like, I mean, I I, I like enough guys in the low 7K range that I, I think I'd be interested in that. I haven't necessarily, like, made the decision, but, I mean, I think with the Hideki live stuff, I mean, I'm kind of just – that's the player I would kind of just be out on, even though I do like this setup. Like, we've seen Hideki, like, you know, the Sony Open, he can just get so hot with his irons on courses like this where it just becomes a joke to him, and he can just get to, like, 18 under par without putting, like, with, with, like, losing strokes putting. So that scares me a little bit, but he would probably be the player I'd leave out of those two – of those three, excuse me, so – yeah, I, I think that's a viable strategy. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to double up, but you know that if you really want to make sure you're unique this week, I mean, not many people are going to be doing that at all. I, like I said, I think just even having one of those guys, um, you're gonna you're gonna kind of set yourself up because you're going to be dipping down a little bit lower, anyways. But um, yeah, it, it's certainly something I could see myself doing, probably with Finau and him. I mean, depending on how many lineups you play, I, I would, you know, I'd be fine mixing Hideki in there. It's just, again, if I'm ranking them, I'm probably putting Hideki third, mainly just for narrative and like live reasons, I guess. I think I'm with you as well. I would go Fino over Sanjay over Decky. I wouldn't have, listen, they're great players. I wouldn't have a problem. If you told me you think Decky comes out and blows this field away, I'd say uh, that could happen. Uh, I also think that I don't know. There, there's a lot of scenarios where Hideki has a middling finish. Maybe there is more to it. And I tend to like him on harder tracks, to be honest, where putting isn't yep. as important because if he doesn't nuke with his irons and it does become who can hit the most 15 to 20 footers, I would choose Sanjay over him basically every time. Finau is just there. The one thing, though, and it, it doesn't make a huge difference, but I think it's noteworthy. There is no, these guys are not 11 to, you know, 10,000, 10,300 and 10,500. If you do two of three in a lineup, it's really not that difficult. Finau and Sanjay leave you just under 7,500 for four spots. That's easy to build. Like you can do a million different things. I'm definitely going to explore that build because I think most people are going to go to the nines uh, and even more balanced. And you've got Thigala, Hadwin, Maverick. And Davis Riley, who I think is going to be crazy popular, I think he's live to win the event. He's going to be my one-and-done pick for people who are interested in that. Uh, talk to me about these 9K guys. Obviously, a lot of talent there. Yeah, I mean, and again, like just talking about, you know, popularity, obviously, you know, you can go to the Stochastic, you know, if, if you're a subscriber or not. I mean, the, the ownership projections, something that I know like Ben and I obviously use probably a lot. We talked about them a lot when we are on the show. So definitely something to check out. Um I think right now, like if I'm fading someone in that range, I mean, I've, I've told you this before, but like I'm, I'm on, and I'm on Davis rally again this week. I like the fact he's coming in rested. He's been really, he's put in some really positive performances off rest to this season already. Um, the guy I'm going to fade in this range, I think is, is going to be McNeely. He is, I, it's funny. Cause I just finished writing him up and he is projecting well on the site, but it's a, just a pure ownership thing. Um, you mentioned Riley and I think he'll be popular, but like, you know, you look at between Riley and McNeely, and I just don't think that McNeely quite has the game of Riley. And if they're both trending with like 25% or more ownership, I'm fine fading McNeely over and, and, and riding with the, you know, the, the, the Davis Riley chalk. That's kind of the, the stats that I'm probably taking for DFS this week. 
Um, you know, Thigala and Hadwin, just because their price probably won't get up as high, they'll still be up there, I think, especially Thigala. But yeah, you know, when I'm looking at those two, I think that that's probably the stance that I'm willing to take this week is looking at the 9K range and saying, just crossing McNeely off and just being like, that's my fate. That's my stance this week. I like him. He just, he doesn't have that high end iron play that we see. And if he doesn't sink a million putts this week, he's probably going to finish like T25, maybe even worse. So, um, you know, McNeely is, is an interesting player, but I just think with the popularity this week, um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm fine leaving him out. Uh, yeah. I mean, Maverick, he's had a weird little run. He's playing really bad. Then he bounced back at the John Deere as I, I think made a lot of sense. The weird data point is what he did in Scotland. He was very good, and that was yeah. brutal conditions. I think that's more of just maybe random, if anything else. The guy that I'm struggling with, I'll be honest, and it's the one you didn't mention, is the course history man with Adam Hadwin. Right. Who, he's looked great in two appearances. I don't think he he's overpriced. I'm not going to say that, but I, I don't. if he's popular and, and our tools and leverage don't point him out, I'd probably go in under on him. I would go to Thigala and Riley. Uh, as well I it's nothing against Hadwin he's just maybe paying a little extra for the course history tax he's gained five and six and a half strokes putting in his two events here he does that he is a good putter I just think that maybe for me Davis Riley at flat nine I know people are going to look to him but man there's no doubting the talent at the Travelers he came in 64th yeah he lost eight strokes putting uh other than that the guy's been fantastic tee to green. He's answered every call, hard course, easy course, big field, weak field. What's there to say? I, I've been late to the Davis Riley train, but certainly going to be on it this week. Yeah. Hadwin is, it's like you said, I mean, if he, if he starts dipping down, I, I really feel like he could be a nice contrarian move, but he's definitely like, I think the floor is he, he brings the worst floor of the guys in the nine K range. He's definitely got the most bust potential, but I almost see him as as a, a nice kind of upside play as well. Like I'd almost put his upside slightly better than McNeely, just what he's done. I mean, like top ten at the U.S. Open, you know, like when when he gets going and when he gets confidence, Hadwin is he's he's pretty good. So yeah, it's it's kind of a weird spot. I, it, it's like a player you don't need to play, but I, I can definitely hear the case of just getting him because if he's going to be half the ownership there of, of McNeely, like, like I said, I mean, that's kind of the natural pivot. So, you know, maybe a Riley Hadwin start is something that I would, uh, I would probably be down with um, just looking at those, at that nine carriage. I don't really know what to do with the gala. He's the guy I'm kind of struggling with this week. His price is up for DFS. I'm probably, I don't really want to fade him because he's good, but like he's, he's played over in the open. He's played Scotland. Everyone's going to be on him. And it's just, I don't know. So I, I'm kind of almost looking at, at like Riley has had one is potentially like the GPP move in the nine K range. Are you comfortable starting with Riley or do you think that's a little too balanced? I, I would probably prefer to get one of the 10, the 10 K guys in um, okay. or like, you know, start with Hadwin as just, and then pair him with Riley. Um, I don't know though. I mean, like this is a week where, you know, you can get pretty, pretty wild. And, and I think you like, you could like leave a thousand on the table. And I think you still have like a really good, like upside lineup that'll give you a shot at winning. So um, it's certainly something you could, you could explore. And I think you'd be fine. Cause when we get to this 8k range, like there's, there's some names here volatile, but there's also some names here who can just, will go, can, you know, can, can get completely ridiculously hot with their putter. So. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I think a lot of people are going to realize that. And that's why you're, I would expect most people are going to go balanced and they're going to pepper the, the young guys that are close to breaking through the Davis Riley's, the Thigala types, 
mix and match and, and try to land and like we'll get to Goddard up in just a little bit. Those are going to be popular, popular names. But I, I want to kind of keep working down because it's pretty thin. We've got three names in the yeah. 10 and we've talked we've talked about seven players so far. Like that is <laughs> it. It's not deep ranges up top. Now it starts to open up a little bit. I love Cam Davis this week this is a perfect course for Cam Davis. Yeah. Rocket mortgage type Cam Davis, 8,900. Sign me up. Top 10 to John Deere. He kicks off the range. Tringale, Chez off a win. JT Pasta, just a, a mixed bag in the eights. What are you drawn to when you look at this? Probably your second or third man in. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cam Davis, again, it's it's hard to make any kind of argument against. He's just such a good DFS player. You know, he makes bogeys, but then he comes back and just makes like a birdie streak or he makes an eagle or something. And it's like, okay, great. Like, I, I don't even care that you're going to finish T15 because you've got so many DFS points. So it's really hard to make an argument against them um, on this course. 8,900, completely fine, in my opinion. Like I said, I, I, you know, if he's going to be as popular as McNeely, it's the same argument. I'd rather just take Cam Davis. So um, looking down, I mean, I, my, my problem with this range is like, I, there's just really no one that I want to pivot to. Like, I'm a little bit interested in Brendan Steele, but it's not like he's coming in like completely under the radar. He's not going to be like 5% owned. So, you know, I've got some interest. I think that the price is fine, but I, you know, I, I also might just rather play JT Poston who just has shown the, obviously has the ability to just sink every single putt in front of him. So I think maybe the, you know, again, it's, this range is kind of just like choose your own adventure. I mean, Adam Long is, is interesting too, but we're really just from the projections, not getting any kind of like discount on him. I thought Adam Long might come in with a little less heat, but he's not really projecting, you know, to be like, you know, sub 10% either. So I look at this range. There's no one I necessarily want to pin my hat on other than Cam Davis, who I think is fine. Um, I think that maybe if you want to get contrarian, you want to do like a hyper balance build, you know, maybe starting with Riley and Davis and then, you know, maybe adding Tringali in who, you know, again, like has that upside played well in Scotland. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that many people are necessarily going to start with just the three guys in the upper AK range. I think most people, if they're going to go hyper balance would probably start pegging, you know, like a steel or, or a JT post. And so that's one strategy that I kind of looking at, but yeah, for these hyper balance builds, it's kind of going to get, it's just going to be tough to get a little bit contrarian. It feels like with the AK range. So, yeah, it's, it's a range. That's just, I mean, weak field. You see like Martin Laird, who is a guy that's perpetually like in the six K range is in the mid to lower eights. And yeah. he should be, he was good at the Barracuda. He's played well. He's made four or five cuts. It's a tough click though. I'll be honest. That is a tough click for me. You, you could easily just get Martin Laird putting like minus one strokes putting and finishing T55 this week. Yeah. That's, or he's cut because he, he loses yeah, four cut. strokes in two days yeah. and you're done. Like yeah. I've seen that story before. I like Adam Long. Cam Davis, I mean, is far and away my favorite play. I think he'll be the favorite player of the public, too. The guy, Scott, in the last four events, he has 13 double bogeys and one other. And he's made the cut in all four. It just doesn't matter. He scores so well. If he gives you placement points, he obviously played great. If he makes the cut and he doesn't, he's not going to hurt you because he still scores like a top 25 player. So it's just really good. Last guy I want to ask you about... Nick Hardy's played really well. Uh, he's talked about that he's got a wrist thing and he's managing it and he's yeah. he just be playing good golf. Another good showing at the Barracuda. Uh, this is a weak field. He is just cash and checks flat eight. 
I think he's fine. Uh, but do you have a, a take one way or the other? I mean, this is it's it's like a pure stat take. I mean, I I see that he's playing well, but I don't really see it's kind of like the McNeely thing. Like, I don't know if, if there's like enough upside there compared to other players down here necessarily. I mean, he is in the AK range. So, and it's a lot weaker now that like CH three is out. So yes, I guess you could say that like now he, he's so much cheaper, but you know, you, you compare him to a guy like Poston who's just been hot with his irons, even steel T to green, like Hardy is kind of just, he's, he's, he's hitting it. Okay. But he's not hitting it great. And you mentioned the wrist thing. I just kind of feel like we've hit peak Hardy. Like I, I'm not sure if there's that much more to give. And if he's, if he's going to be pretty popular, which he's obviously is, obviously is then I, I think that like, I I'm just going to eat the chalk with Goddard up or perhaps even play Ryan Palmer this week. I mean, oh, I, I think that Hardy is probably setting up as like the fade, like kind of similar to McNeely. And again, it's nothing against these players. It's just that like we have the entire 8k to like 9k range is full of like Nick Hardy and like McNeely like players. And like, you have to, you have to make some choices. You can't play them all. So Hardy's probably someone I'm out on this week. If he wins, he wins. Um, I just don't necessarily see it, mainly from the stats that that like he's he's just gonna be better than than what else is available. So that's kind of my take on him. It's gonna be, I mean, right now, and I, I have not built on a Tuesday afternoon, it is a really thin range. So people are gonna get forced into him who don't even like him because CH3 yeah. is gone. Got her up is right there for sure, and that kicks off the 7k range. Ryan Palmer, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Jason Day. I no, cannot take it. We don't it. need to talk about Jason Day anymore. We really don't uh, at good. this point. I mean, we can talk about. I don't know. Is there? Is this? Is this like the galaxy brain? Like he's? Is this just yeah. where he finally just goes like ballistic? I, I'll anything, be honest. Like I don't. I don't have anything to say about Jason Day other than like, yeah, it could be the week. I have no idea. It's pretty. I, I think it's ironically actually a really simple guy to talk about if you're okay with donating money for, for the chance that he's okay, I think it's fine. Uh, and, and he can withdraw. I'm living proof just a couple of weeks ago. He, as many of you know, cost me all the monies. Uh, it just comes right. with the territory. I saw your lineup. That was, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I had the, the actual lineup. Yes. Um, it, I don't have anything to say. There's no indication that he's going to play well, but long-term form, he's obviously one of the better players in the mid sevens in the three M. I mean, there's no doubt about that. The other guys though. So let's talk about Goddard up and then we'll open the range up because he's going to be a hot topic. Everybody loves to play these guys. uh, And so far short sample, I've gotten this guy right at all times. John Deere (laughs) cashed in Barbasol. Not that I played that, but I did not like a 40% on Goddard up. Is he in the bounce back spot? Where is he? We still really don't know that much about him. Yeah, I've, I've actually been pretty good with Goddard up as well. Um, you know, I didn't quite bet him hard enough at the John Deere. Like we, we had him like top 40 or 20, but like not not like anything special. But I mean, yeah, me neither. It, was, it was a cash. Like it was a good number to take him there because he, he, he was still priced down. So um, this week, I, I'd be more on the on the bullish side than like the, the fade side. I mean, we just talked about Nick Hardy again. If we're looking at this range, like I think the upside with Goddard up is just is just better. I mean, I, I think it's like considerably better. I mean, this is a player who's top, like, you know, top college player. Obviously, it's come out, and mo- we've got multiple samples now that like this guy is is clearly going to have some upside on the PGA. You know, his first time out, I think it was like Punicana or whatever. You know, top ten, 
And then, you know, he gets a couple more starts and then goes kind of semi-nuclear at, at the John Deere, which is, is good. I mean, and I, I think that's a good lead up to this week. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I got her up as a guy that, like, I don't like getting on these, you know, what you call, like, crowded bets necessarily where every, just everyone and their mom is on it. But, like, I'm, I'm, I want some exposure to him because I do think that this could just be, like, some kind of Matt Wolf situation where it's just, like, he comes in. And it's an easy course and he's got confidence and he looks at this field and he's just like, I, I can just win this man. Like, so I, I'm, I don't know if it's just going to be with an outright or if I'll get, you know, just to go, just put him in, in lineups or something, but yeah, got up to play. I want exposure to, I, I really do think like the talents there and, and we've seen it, you know, with, with Morikawa in the Barracuda when he won with Wolf, we have other examples. You get these guys in easy lineup and easy fields, man. And it can just happen real quick. So. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. We almost saw it already with the John Deere. I mean, the yeah, it, it I, parallels what happened. Like, yeah. Uh, so. Now, I will say, I definitely think that the downside of that is, I mean, we just saw it at Barb, like, it, most people aren't really burned by that because it was an all field event. Like if he yeah. did that here, yes. it, if he didn't play in the Barbasol, he would be the most popular player. I think yeah. there's no yep. doubt. Um, the downside of Chris Goddard, I still think is a bad miscut in situations like this. I might look to explore the variance with betting because I think yeah. this guy's got the talent to win, but I think that there's a lot of scenarios where he plays pretty poorly in something like this. I, I, I think the outright bet is it's almost just perfect for Goddard up. And then I think just fading him in DFS is, is, is fine. I mean, it's yeah. like you said, I mean, he can come in, he just proved to us that he can go to an easy course and just, you know, eject because the, the putts don't fall or, or whatever, or maybe he's just not quite there with consistency. So I like the outright, I mean, you get 30 to one or better than him. I, I, I think that's fine in this field. I really do. I think the upside is there. It's just, don't really know about enough about him and his price is cheap enough that he's definitely going to be one of the most popular players in DFS this week. So fascinating range though, right below him. We talk, we're not yeah. talking about day cam champ. I mean, talk about another guy who's already done it uh, and he's going to continue to do this. That's just who he is. doesn't mean he's going to go back to back, but you've got him, Brendan Todd, Ricky Svensson for Telly Grio. I mean, God. what a range in all yeah. facets. How do you break something like this down with just such a mixed bag? I mean, Svensson is just going to be, everyone is, it's yes. just, again, we, we have these like pockets of players this week where it's just like, everyone is just crowding in. So I, I really, I, I look at these situations and like, I see how good Svensson's play. He is, he's, he looks great. He really does. And would it shock me if he came in here and got to like 20 under or something? No, but it's still Adam Svensson, man. Like, you, you know, like 
he's 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 good but it's like these guys can just it's still it's still early like it, it's the consistency can still come and go he's really has proven to himself has proven to us also that like the putter can be a big issue for him so um i look at this range as again like you know clark probably another fade for me a guy who just i don't know maybe clark is someone i might bet as well like kind of put him in the goddard up category just getting it out right on but i look at this as as potentially a good pivot point it's just i'm not sure if i want to pivot to anyone else in this range i really think grillo is probably the player for me and and i hate to say it and i and everyone's probably rolling their eyes with ben and i on the show but like why not man like he's he's trending with like six percent ownership this this is a dude who just outperformed goddard up at the john deere like two and a half weeks ago whatever so take what's given to you man i think fratelli and and grillo probably are, are guys i'll look at i just can't get there with ricky I tried to earlier, you know, yesterday, but it's not going to happen. I, I really think that Grillo is probably the play here, as, I mean, as, as it is. I mean, uh, he was, the, you know, I, you don't have to sell me on Grillo for me. I know for, I don't. For Telly, uh, same kind of thing. Guy can go out of nowhere. Winner at the John Deere in the past. He's played this event. Mixed bag has lost strokes putting in both times. He can score. He's playing good golf. He's made nine of ten cuts. Uh, I think Fratelli is going to put on a a very nice showing here in the mid range. Adam Svensson, if Adam Svensson beats me, that's fine. I have absolutely no regrets. There's no chance Svensson beats you. I mean, like it's going to get. He's. I think he's going to be the most highest, the highest player. I was 100 percent owned. Not because I don't think he's a good play. Because yeah. he's just simply not – none of these guys are consistent. He's yeah. gained strokes putting in seven straight events. In his career yeah. before, from what I'm looking at, his longest streak before that of events was two. He's yeah. just putting on a – now maybe he fixed his putting permanently and that's going to transform his game and Adam Svensson's just good. Maybe or maybe not, and we've seen this a thousand times in a thousand different players – that he's just pairing what has always been pretty good ball striking with a really hot putter right now. And that could continue for an eighth week, but in terms of the ownership, my God, I would, I'd literally pivot to basically everyone in this range. I don't know what to do with champ. I'll be honest. I I have no feel on him. I think it's a pass just because it's, it's been really bad for a while now. It's, it's been bad. Like, and it looked like it's weird because like he pulled out of it briefly at Mexico and like, we could get another situation like that. But I mean, even coming in last year, he had, he had a bunch of miscuts and then he kind of put together a decent start at the John Deere and it just fell. And then, and then it happened, it clicked, but like, there's nothing. I mean, like he shot 69 around one at the deer, which isn't even like, it was just basically field average and then 73 and like the travelers was a disaster. So I think champ is, is fine. I, I think for is, is just, I think for is probably the favorite for me as well with Grillo, like a close second. And then, you know, I, I would almost, I dare say probably actually I'm not even Ricky and day. I just dead to me. So I think for is, is the play down here. Um, you, you maybe take a look at Neesmith as well down there, but um, yeah, Svensson, at some, even if he is a better putter now, like at some point he'll, he'll still cool off. I mean, good putters still have bad putting weeks. So if you want a true one percenter in that range for me, it would be Higo because Higo made right. the cut at the open, which I think was not a miracle, but uh, that that's an accomplishment in itself. He hasn't been playing well. He's just, when we saw him at the height of his powers, it was 30 under in the Canary islands. And that is like what Higo does. 
Yeah. I would rather play him than champ because they do the same things. Wyndham Clark is there. I want to ask you about Troy Merritt though, as we work down a little bit, Troy Merritt's a name I always come to CT pants. Smotherman is here. And then we'll talk about Tom Kim, who of course is another Goddard up S player that a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'll take that back. Tom Kim might be the most high owned player. Him and Svensson. Good. Team. He's another one though. I will yeah. get, I'll get to my Tom Kim thoughts in a second. Yeah, but. no, for sure. Um, I, I think Merritt is in play this week. Absolutely. Um, very Michael Thompson esque player. The, the fairways here are huge, you know, off the tee. Yeah. He's not going to gain a bunch of strokes, but like, look, look where he's done well too. Like he, he does well in like the Cuda. He does, he almost won the, the rocket mortgage. He almost took out cam Davis. Like the, these are courses where he doesn't get discounted off the tee. He doesn't get in a ton of trouble because he can't. And yeah, he, you know, he, he'll be a little bit further back, but like the irons and, and the putting, that's what he does. So, um, Troy Merritt, I think is, is absolutely fine. He's got, he's going to have a bit of ownership, but it's not going to be crazy down here. There's just too many other names and he's too close to Svensson and, and, and T Kim as we'll call him. Um, so yeah, I, I think that Merritt is, is, you know, fairly firmly in play for me here. Um, should mention Michael Thompson, you know, again, th- yeah. you know, played well last week. He's, he's actually starting to play a little bit better as well, like five or six cuts made. So you can even think about Thompson, you know, I just called Troy Merritt Thompson S why not just play the real thing. Right. So I think both <laughs> those guys are in play smotherman for me. I mean, I don't know too much about this guy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he, he looks okay. I see people talking about him a lot. Um, I just, I, I don't really necessarily see anything popping off the page when I look at Smotherman. I've, I've looked at him a few times now. So I know he played well last week. I'd probably rather go Merritt or Thompson this range. Hot, hot take. If he didn't have a cool last name, people wouldn't talk about him. Like if his name the, is just the, like the quiz Rogers of, of PGA DFS. Smotherman, people are like, oh, Smotherman. Like yeah. you remember that name. His ball striking numbers always stand out a little bit, but he never parlays it into four rounds. Yeah. You know, he finds the weekend here and there, but he's got zero inside the top 25 since January. He just hasn't really performed in some of these events, uh, you know, here and there, weak fields. I get it. I get it. I'd prefer Troy Merritt. So let's t- all right. I'm talking about not knowing a lot about a, a player. So shout out to Tokyo Swan, who's in our chat as always, who was the f- actual first person that I know who was on Tom Kim. Clearly, this guy's really good and he can play. But at the same time, I don't know what kind of course he would prefer. I haven't seen him outside of you know a couple majors and in Scotland, and he looked really, really good. I'm taking a wait and see. I know the talent is there, but if he's super popular, I would pivot to guys like Matthias Schwab uh, and some of these other dudes every day of the week off Tom Kim. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, okay, the, the, the good performances against like in the open and on these kind of tricked out major courses. And then it's like the big pivot now to, to a new PGA uh, traditional setup. He hasn't seen them much it's definitely like worrisome. Like I'm not, this, this one's easy. Like I'm just not, I'm just not playing again. Like I'll let other people bet Tom Kim at like 30 to one or whatever he's at on DraftKings. He's at 20 to one on DraftKings last I checked. Like it's ridiculous. So that's fine. Like it's just one of those weeks where I think it's a great week to take a stance on some of these players and just say, you know what, let it be. Like if, if, if it's Spence and chalk week and it hits fine. If it's Tom Kim chalk week and it hits fine, you're not making a ton of money off it anyways you're probably just going to min cash if you play them because everyone's playing them. So take the stance, go for the big money. 
Um, go for the better odds too. Like you mentioned Schwab. I love this spot for Schwab. Everybody bet him last week. Everybody bet him at the Barracuda. Now he's like, you can get him out there like 90 to one in places. He's my, he's, he was my write-up for the, the group article this week. It's hitting his irons better. His putter is, is really improved. People talk about Svensson's putting improvement. It's the same deal with Schwab, man. I think it's a great spot. He gained eight strokes on approach at TPC Twin Lakes last year. And he lost six strokes putting, but yep. still, I mean, it's, it's pretty positive. So I also like Chesson Hadley a lot in this range. Um, made up, he's been making a lot of birdies. No one's talking about him. It's not going to carry much ownership. So there's pivots in this range that I like quite a bit. I like this range for pivoting, especially with Tom Kim, just soaking up all that juicy ownership. I think it's a perfect spot to, uh, to get off him. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to certainly be clear from my vantage point. It doesn't mean, you know, these guys are really popular, like up, oh, can't play them at all. Like if I have a lineup and I do some weird stuff and I'm at some, one of these ranges and I know that ownership's not going to play a factor, I'll yeah. probably take the best safest available. And sometimes that will be one of these guys. But when I look at single entry and I look at how I want to build my teams, I do not think that Tom Kim is eight times as likely to beat Chesson Hadley when he's going to be 10 times as owned and things of that nature. So I will echo what you said on Schwab. I just did a video over on the odd chopper channel. If you like betting, you can go check that out. Thias Schwab was in that video. He gained four strokes putting at the John Deere inside the top 20. You mentioned at the 3M last year, he struck it great. He just had a typical Matthias Schwab putting performance. It's been better lately. We've seen the Euro. Yeah. We, we've seen Euros too. I, I know this is a macro thing, but how many Euros have come over and, and broken through over here in the year or so, whether it's Herbert or Higo or those types, Matthias Schwab fits the mold of most of those guys. Uh, any Bo Hostler thoughts? I, he was one of the first guys I looked at this week and like, it doesn't, nothing really translates to me that like, this is going to be it. But I mean, again, like he's, he's really does fit that cam champ profile, like a lot, yes. like he, like a lot, a lot. I mean, champ came in here. Yeah. He gained a few strokes on approach, but he just lit it up putting and used his distance as like an advantage, which is basically what Bo Hosler can do. So yeah. Um, I, I think that, like Hosler is a player down here who I think is going to get added to my betting card just at like the end of the week, just because I want some exposure. I don't know if I necessarily want to use him for DFS because just the boom bust factor. Like I, I think that like guys like Schwab and Hadley, I'll, I'd probably rather play. They should have a little bit safer floor with similar upside. So Hosler is definitely like, I look at this range. I mean, I'm not like, there's really nobody else that I'm that interested in, which is why he was one of the first players I kind of checked, but I'm not like super bullish on it just because of the recent form, but I, I recognize like if champ can do it here, I think Hosler could do it here too. So. Oh, there's no doubt that Hosler can do it. It's just another guy. We're going to get a lot of this this week. You have to embrace yeah. some of it. The floor on Bo Hosler is he's legitimately like seven strokes off the cut line after day one. And he's yep. just out of the tournament. We've seen that yeah. a million times. We're going to see it plenty more. He yep. could also gain eight strokes putting win the tournament I, I mean it's that big of a range i like guys like that we are as usual we're very in sync and i like that schwab hadley i don't know if you have this guy on the radar but i do <laughs> hayden buckley oh another hayden, one of these guys another That's one of names. these guys <laughs> this dude is striping it and no yeah. one's really paying attention no. because he cannot putt either he was 14th at the u.s open 43rd at Travelers, 30th at John Deere, 63rd at Barbasol. He lost eight and a half strokes putting. Tita Green has been positive 
off the tee has been positive. The approach has been positive. He's just yeah. striking it. He can't really do anything. I prefer him in easy courses as I do most of these type of players. Hayden Buckley as a, as a complete dark horse is the type of player I want to get to this week. Yeah. And like, you know, you mentioned Smotherman, but I mean, Buckley is a player who I, I concur. I mean, like the, you can see there's just like a little bit more going on with, you know, the, the, the potential upside. If this guy starts sinking putts, he kind of reminds me of like Svensson, like early in 2022, who, who was like striking it, but wasn't hit, hitting any putts. Now Svensson's hitting putts and everyone loves him. So maybe we're buying in early on Buckley. Um, I mean, there's, again, like it comes down to just this range. Like I could certainly see myself rostering Steven Yager again, just because like he gained strokes. That guy. Yeah. Again, I know it, just because of, of that's who I play. Um, uh, but like Buckley is, is definitely, you know, I think as, the far, far safer floor right now. And again, like we're bringing up names like Yager and, um, and Bo Hosler, you, you can play like one guy, but like, you know, if, if you're obviously don't like go up 40% on these guys, these guys, are, these are guys are boom bust. Buckley is definitely like the safer floor play. I all, I, I will say this. I think Callum Taron is it like, yeah. again, like we throw him in the, the Matias Schwab bucket. I mean, this, this guy's starting to show some, some things as well. Um, I almost forgot this guy, uh, this guy existed. I mean, I know he played like a little bit over in Europe, but I, I forgot that he had even come over on tour because he was just basically doing nothing for most of the year. So, um, you know, really nice performance at the John Deere played well again last week. And I just like the things he's doing. Like he, he seems to be confident on the greens right now, which is good. Um, the ball striking has been like a lot more consistent. He's not a disaster off the tee or anything. So I think Callum Tarrant is, is another player down here. I've already got, I've already bet him. So I don't know if like, I necessarily want to use him for DFS, but you know, with, with him and Buckley, I, I probably would say Taron is probably the better upside play. I think Buckley has a far safer floor because I love how well he's hitting it. But again, we're playing for pure upside. I think, I think Callum Taron is probably where I would go. Yeah. He's, he's someone that naturally I've seen the name more in recent weeks. I, again, these are the type of players we really don't know. You're not going to find consistency. I think for me, it's going to be Buckley. Tyler Duncan is one more name I want to throw out there. I think these are the type of courses that he thrives at. 13th at Barbasol. Uh, I think he's fine in the low sevens. Hadn't had any success at the 3M. I don't know why he wouldn't, though, uh, if he plays this course enough. So I'm okay. I'll be honest. I, I can't do Steven Yeager anymore. I just can't do it. Uh, I've tried so many times. He's got an elite elite around the green game his iron flipped randomly yeah. and then his putter broke and now I, I just truly don't know where he's at I don't think he knows where he's at most weeks which is the which is like why he's so fun right I mean it's just basically like playing roulette with Steven Yager which is probably I do why love I'm roulette it's, I love it's roulette. legitimately like is this the week we're gonna land on like double zero and we're gonna get you know like nine strokes putting it probably will happen one week. Anyways, I just always bring him up in these fields because, like, the, the dude won three times on, on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. So, obviously, there's upside in there somewhere. But he he is, as terms of players, like, trying to predict, I don't think he could get more random than Steven Yager. So, um, anyways, that's my big sell on him. Uh, <laughs> he also has a 58. I always say that. Every time he gets well, brought I up. I know. That's, I mean, like, there's so many. But it's just so random, right? Like, I think he shot the 58 after, like, four missed cuts. So, um, I got a little bit of Brandon Hagee this week. He, he's oh, been, he's, his irons have improved again. You, you bring up, we bring up these like Bo Hosler, 
um, you know, type of players. I mean, Hagee just hits it a ton. He can certainly, you know, his iron play can, 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 can be pretty good at times. He shot a 62 at the Barbasol uh, two starts ago. I think that's a good indicator that maybe he's not that far away. So Hagee's a guy I just have at like 200 to one, you know, for like some, some each way goodness. Um, but I think he's playable down here. Um, I, I just really, I, it's just one of those weeks where I'm, I'm fine, you know, just punting it and just saying like, I want pure upside. And I, I think Hagee in this range is probably um, where I would go. But I mean, look, you, you can, you can make similar cases for probably a, a few other players down here. De- oh, you definitely can. Uh, Chad just asked about Hank Lebiota. To me, he's much more likely to make the cut, but much less likely to truly contend. He's yeah. made six or seven cuts, nothing inside the top 25. He finds the weekend. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I'd probably try to embrace a little more variance with like, <laughs> maybe like Doc Redman. I would say Matt Wallace. But <laughs> Matt Wallace, I really thought was turning the corner and it doesn't seem to be happening. It looked like he got his game right. Yeah, I, I'm probably Why isn't Matt win. Wallace on the live tour. Like, I don't. Yeah, he should go. I would he like really that. should go. I mean, he should have gone early. He should have been like the. He should have been up there with like you know Grace and like Schwartzel, those guys. McDowell, like, yeah. What are you doing? I mean, is he going to turn around and start like competing? I don't know. I don't really see it with Matt get, Wallace. Get over there. Um, <laughs> do you know anything about Brandon Matthews? I literally do not know anything oh, about Brandon okay. Matthews. Sorry. No, neither do I. I, Again, another young prospect with apparently a lot of talent. I, as I say often, I prefer to wait and see. He's going to have his shot on the PGA Tour. He's a winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. Doesn't get, he made the cut at the US Open. Like he's got some talent. I don't think it's necessary to do that when you've got 40 other guys in the range. I would rather just pick someone on the PGA tour, who's also going to be 1% owned. You mentioned Hagee. I mentioned Doc Redmond. Seaford is there. I don't see a lot of separation and looking at our tools. Um, you're going to have the ability to pick basically anyone you want down here. It's, they're all going to be 1%. They're all GPP only. Uh, I don't see a lot of differentiation. So the, the one player I Cole Hammers in the field. Um, Another super talent. Yeah, cool name too. Uh, but sixty five hundred. Like we're we're obviously like like pretty low now. So, and I'm he'll probably be the guy a lot of people gravitate towards. Although I don't think like a ton of people really know who he is. So I don't think it's going to get crazy or anything like that. Him and Max McGreevy are a couple players uh, I would look at. Uh, McGreevy, you know, kind of been very inconsistent, but, but popped, um, at the Barbasol. He's, he's been pretty good on the, the, the corn ferry, but Cole hammer is the real talent down there. He started to play a, a little bit more consistently LA too. These guys are not must plays by any stretch no. of the imagination. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if like one of them, you know, popped for like a, a T20 or something like that, or maybe even better. So that's kind of where the talent lies. Honestly, like guys like Scott Brown, yep. they're, they're probably better plays. Like, it's just that type of course, man, where these veterans get like they they're not going to get that hampered off the tee. And, and you know, everyone's just going to have to sink their their 15 footers. And it's kind of what Scott Brown does. So, yeah, I mean, Scott Brown, actually, uh, I normally would not have a ton of information on him, but I watched him intently at John Deere because uh, I really liked him there. He missed the cut on the number with a horrendous triple bogey should have made that cut. He did not play that bad. He rebounded Barbasol. He gained four strokes tee to green and lost yep. three strokes putting. 
He's fine. I think that Grayson is going to be in the McGreevy Cole Hammer bucket. He's just random. At, he's, he doesn't have the talent of those guys, but he also has seen a lot more PGA Tour rounds than them. So I he also get got it. In a fight at the Barracuda. Did you see that? No, it's good to know that Grayson's he, up to his old antics. <laughs> I think it was the Barracuda. It was either the Barracuda or the Barbasol. He should he, go he to hit into the group in front of him. I think it was the Barbasol because that's the one he withdrew from. Hit into the group in front of him, and then some some random Euro guy you know, called him out on it, which is good for the random Euro guy. I can't remember who it love, was. I love random Euro guys. I'm going to do some uh, digging after the show. We've got about five minutes left here. And certainly, as me and Jeff have referenced throughout the show, if you are looking to get more, if you want to take your PGA game to the next level, or you just want to join the community here at Stochastic, stochastic.com slash join. We've got opportunities. You can get ownership, the tools. Alex and the team do an absolutely fantastic job. And as you see, if you're a new member, 50% off your first week of Stochastic Plus Platinum promo code PJ Strategy Show. You type that in, you save some money, you see what these tools are all about and see if they help your process. If you try them out and you say, you know what, I, I, I liked what I was doing before. Well, you've, you've lost a week. Uh, no big deal. Just a couple bucks. If you say, man, this took my game to the next level. Maybe you stick around for a little longer. We have such good tools for every sport and a lot more coming. I'll say this too. Like these things make your life so much easier. They really like, do. They really, really do. Yeah. Like I, I'm one, as people know, I build by hand a lot and stuff. It does not mean I don't check those tools, even if it's just as a secondary check. I always say that. Like sometimes I look and I'm like, okay, I had, this guy wasn't even on my radar. Now let me do a little digging in because he's popping in the projections and sometimes I say, you know what? I don't see it. I'm, I'm going to stick with what I'm doing. Other times I say, wow, I'm really glad I discovered that. Uh, I'm going to tail him. And then disaster ensues uh, <laughs> because I can't, I can't run good on Sundays. But it's an absolute time saver. And it's just such a good, good thing to do for your process. I want to ask you this. How low do you anticipate yourself going? You mentioned some guys in the mid sixes. Oof. I think it's pretty unnecessary to go lower than that. But do you? I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny, like it's a week where like we probably can get pretty wild and just, you know, start looking at like a, a, a you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to throw, I didn't even want to say some of these names. I was going to say David Hearn, uh, but oh, like, man, I used to play David Hearn all the time. <laughs> he, t- he tends to make the cuts in these type of events. That's, that's just why I, I threw him out about him. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, we can, you can go low. I mean, like we mentioned like Cole Hammer, uh, mentioned um, Scott Brown, I, you know, like I do think it's a kind of week where I like getting contrarian in these type of weeks because everyone just piles onto the same guys and you can go with like the doubles, like maybe like a Finau Sungjae stack and, and, and throw in one of these min six K ranges. It's super volatile. You don't have to do that. You can still be a little bit contrarian and just be, you know, like go in the, the, the low seven K range with all those guys that we actually liked rather than playing these guys. So it really is unnecessary, but at the same time, like there is, there is going to be some really, really condensed ownership this week, which is always tantalizing because it just opens it up. Like if, if some of these guys finally falter, like we're going to be in great position if you got some crazy, like, you know, off the board six of sixes. So I do like thinking about it, but it's not necessary. You can get different in, in safer ways. Let's put it that way. No, no doubt about it. I'm a huge advocate of, game theory in general, particularly in fields like this, just because the to me, the made cut equity in fields like this is lower across the board, even for the better players, just because they're not as consistent. And I've always said, 
to me, what separates the Rory's of the world from these guys is not their ceilings. It's that when Rory doesn't have it, he shoots like one over or one under. He doesn't shoot 79. Uh, and, then, and then backdoor is the top. And then yeah. that, this is also true. Uh, Paul Barjan, 6,300. I mean, again, I don't think he's that much different from the guys we mentioned. He doesn't stand yeah. out in any way, but he's no better or worse. So if you, for some reason, need someone down there, I don't think it's that bad. I, I also don't expect him to play well, but I'm not sure any of these guys really project to do much of anything. And some of them certainly are going to be around for the weekend. That's it. I mean, if, if you can, if you can get that stack and you just get your six, you know, 6,300, 6,500 guy through, I mean, like I, like we said, I mean, the, these guys are just the, the, the studs this week, the chalk this week, they're just more volatile. So yeah, I, I do kind of like thinking like that. Like, like we, I mean, also if you're making like one lineup, you don't necessarily have to get that crazy, but it's a good week to, to think outside the box. I, I, I really like these tournaments for that. I like doing the shows with you on these weeks too, because we both kind of. Oh yeah, of course. We love to have you on. We're going to do some new things. Definitely want to expand this and keep it going tomorrow night, live before lock. Check out, I was going to say schedule, but we'll let you know what time. It might be a little earlier in the day because there is no baseball. We're going to get it in prime time. I'm thinking about 5 Eastern. So stay tuned for that. Me and Eric Lindquist will be breaking it all down. But for us here, we're going to bounce on out of here for me, for Jeff, for Tyler behind the glass, and for prize picks. Thanks again for hopping in at the Fantasy Grind, at JazzRazDFS. You can do all those things if you want to follow us. And, of course, get inside the ropes here at Stochastic. Hit the like button on your way out. Friends, let's have a good 3M open, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Schwab week. Schwab week. That's the final word. Ben and I both on it. Schwab week. No better way to end a show. We'll talk to you guys soon. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.